All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves with Tim Worsberger and John Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Back from the holidays, Tim. It was it was a long, it felt like forever. It felt like a long weekend. How was your weekend? How was Thanksgiving? How was everything? It was good. You know, sometimes these breaks fly by so quick, but this felt long. Like I feel totally rested. I got a lot done and it was great. Thanksgiving was great. It was pretty low key, but now it's Monday. We're ready to get back at it. Totally agree. It, it felt like a, a string of Sundays back to back to back where I was like, what do I have to do? And I don't have any, cause Sundays I don't do anything. I was like, is this happening again? And it's a good and a bad thing. I like to have a purpose in life, but it was nice to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and just relax. My only good Thanksgiving didn't have a Turkey. What? Didn't have a Turkey. Right. I know. I know. I know. Danielle didn't want to do the Turkey this year. So got a ham pre-smoked. Heated it up in the oven. It was delicious. No turkey. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I was not overly excited about the non-turkey. My kids don't really like turkey. My wife doesn't like turkey. I love turkey. I love everything about a turkey. I love the leftovers. I love making a turkey sandwich the next day. It is delicious. Um, I don't know what I thought about it. I'm, I'm still a little, you know upset about obviously we're talking about it right now it, it, it did affect my thanksgiving a little bit that's what i look forward to turkey i have a little bit of dark meat i grab the big leg gravy it's delicious salt and pepper cranberries mix it up with mashed potatoes i'll see i'll see you tomorrow it's it's delicious so anyways no turkey for me that that says it all you'd order some turkey on doordash probably but they have some somewhere they, I, I bet you they do. We'll get to the DoorDash ad. Don't don't get too ahead of ourselves, Tim. We got a big. There's a lot happening. A lot happened since we last talked on Wednesday. There's a lot of stuff we need to cover in a short period of time. We like to keep these podcasts tight, thirty-five to forty-five minutes. We know you guys got stuff to do, so we're going to try to rattle through all of these things. Let's start right at the top of the docket, Tim Evander Kane. 
gets puts on waivers. Doug Wilson goes on a medical leave. So we're, we're thinking nothing's going to happen with Evander Kane, or maybe he just passes the buck to his assistant GM because Evander's coming off of his 21 game suspension. No one knows what's going to happen. He has to legally be allowed into the rink in order to start collecting paychecks. You know, he's going to be there because he needs the money. We all know that. So to combat that, they said, you know what? Don't come to the rink. We're going to put you on waivers. We're going to see where this goes with the intention of potentially sending him down to Barracuda, the San Jose Barracuda. Evander has a new agent. His agent is scouring the market for for trade interest in Evander Kane. The Sharks have said they will eat some of that cap. What that number is, maybe is 50%, maybe 60%. I think it's going to have to be a hefty number for a team to take on an Evander Kane and his massive amount of baggage that he brings along with him. He is the opposite of Tim Tebow. Whereas Tim Tebow brings along good character and he's kneeling after touchdown because he's just praying for everybody. His good moral compass. Vander Kane brings the opposite. He is just a bad teammate in the locker room. He is terrible to women. Allegedly, allegedly put that out there. Our, our lawyers told us, you got to say allegedly or else we're going to get sued. Um, he's bad with his finances. He's terrible on social media. That's the baggage Evander Kane brings with him. So you have to have a pretty solid locker room in order to bring this guy into your, into your environment because you're bringing in, and I, I know it's a strong, you're bringing in a cancer into your locker room. So you got to have a guy, you got to have a group of guys who can kind of combat that. That being said, If you're a GM, Tim, in the NHL today, Evander Kane, great power forward, can put the puck in the net. He's proven it since day one. He is can dish pucks. You know, he's got good skills on the ice. He can fly up and down the ice. He's a very effective power forward in the NHL. There's not a lot of players who can do what he does. Would you take him right now as it stands today? Yes or no, Tim? Just yes or no? Would I or would AGM? It's, oh, let's do this. You're a Boston insider. You know Don Sweeney. You got his number on speed dial. If you're the Boston Bruins now, and we'll get to them in a second, how they've been floundering. Their offense has just gone into the tank. They don't have any juice. They have the first line, and then it's nothing after that. Taylor Hall isn't working. Smith isn't working. Nobody's working. If you're the Boston Bruins, and you're looking at the San Jose Sharks, they are trading this guy for pennies on the dollar. Would you take a risk bringing him into your locker room and just with the expectations, knowing that he's going to be a bad teammate or on the flip side, he could completely turn it around and just be a complete saint and just go out there and play hockey. Because if Evander focuses on hockey only, he's an incredible talent. He's an incredible talent. You put him with Taylor Hall. That's a dangerous line. Like those two guys are very similar. They can lug, lug the puck, their horses out there. What do you do if you're Sweeney in this situation, Tim? Are you kicking the tires a little bit on Evander? Um, yeah, I think, I think most GMs will at least look into it, see what the price is. You know, I, if I'm Sweeney, I'm probably asking the leaders of a team what they think. And I know by all reports, it seems like Boston is one of the stronger locker rooms in the, in the league. Uh, it's one of the things they have going for them, the culture that Chara and Bergeron have created. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm asking, and I think some GM is definitely going to trade for him. I think the Bruins specifically need a center more than they need a winger, but, um, yeah, he, he's going to get traded to a team that – and hopefully stay out of trouble and perform, and they'll, they'll get the offense 
without the, the headache. Yeah. Do, do you see this happening though? In the, like, what's the time frame? I think GMs are going to want to see where Evander is. From all accounts, he has not been skating much, if at all. There was that one report of him skating once. But as far as I know, he has not been skating for the last couple of months. Who knows if he's been working out on his own. He's got a lot of stuff going on. They obviously want to see how he is on the ice. It's going to take him some time to get up to speed. I don't know if he'll get traded. I really don't. If, if I'm a GM in this league... I'm looking at this situation. There's a lot of unknowns still surrounding Evander King with his wife and that whole situation. I don't know if that's been buttoned up yet. I haven't seen anything or heard anything from Bettman in the league as far as that investigation. Maybe it has been. I just missed it. But there's a lot of stuff going on with Evander King right now. And I don't know. At what point do you just have to take a stand and be like, I don't want this guy around my team. I'm, I'm going to just you know, forego his talent and just – lose because i don't want this guy i don't want to send the message that what he does is okay just because he's talented he's going to get one two three four five chances at this like playing in the nhl is a luxury you should respect that and you should you know go about your business and not do terrible things so i don't know if i'm a gm i would not even touch him that's just me but gosh it it, it would be difficult it would be difficult to pass that up because you see the talent this guy has and you see San Jose is basically giving him away. If you can get Evander Kane locked up, I don't know how many years he's got left on his contract, two, three, four. If you can get him for three and a half million and get San Jose to eat half his salary, that's a pretty enticing little carrot to drop in front of everybody. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that goes because you know there's going to be some flack. He's not a fan favorite, but he can – he can change that in a heartbeat by going out and just playing, playing how he's, you know, how he can play. What if you're like a, a team that's struggling a little bit on the outside of the playoff run and you're trying to add that boost, do you see a chance to do it? Like a Nashville or a Dallas, a team that could use that offensive boost. I mean, Boston's right in that group too. And, and you see, a, a, you know, a legit first-line winger, like you said, available for pennies on the dollar. Someone, some GM's going to bite it. Some GM's feeling the pressure of his job. And wants to make that move, although it's going to come with, I don't want to call it like a PR nightmare, but you're going to have some explaining to do if you, if you trade for that guy. No, you, you, it is a PR nightmare. It's an absolute disaster as soon as you get him. Because everybody is going to be asking, why are you giving this guy a second chance? The allegations are out there. We know how he is. There's a reason he hasn't worked for three NHL teams now. Like this isn't, this isn't a one-off with Evander Kane. He, this is a consistent it's common. This is what he does. You know, this is a Vander Kane. You know, you can't, a a leopard can't change his spots. I don't know if that's the saying, but this is just who he is. He's, he's a bad human being and he's really good at hockey. So one of those has to give, whether you're going to just give in because he's a really good hockey player, or you're just going to not even entertain it because he's a bad human being. We'll see where it goes. I, I would tend to, not even entertain it, but that's just me. I'm not going to slight anybody who takes a swing at Evander Kane because at the end of the day, you know, it's all about wins and losses in the NHL. And if you can swallow the fact that he has done some pretty, even off the ice, he's done terrible things on the ice. None of his teammates have anything good to say about him. The majority, allegedly. I'll just leave it at that. Will he play in the NHL this year? That's the last question, Tim. I'm going to say yes. What do you think? I don't know. I, I say no. I hope no. But the NHL has seemed to fall on the more 
I would say conservative side of this where they don't give guys second and third and fourth chances, you know, when it comes to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when Slava Voinov, was that the guy from LA when he did that, we just got rid yeah. of him. Um, I don't know if there's any other instances, but it's like when, when there's issues involving women, it's just like, get out of here, go. I don't know if there's, there hasn't been that many ish instances. I think Austin Watson maybe got into it with his wife. I can't remember. But anyways, he's, he's playing right now. When it comes to that sort of stuff, I'm like, just go away. You know, go away forever and just work on yourself. You don't need to be in the NHL. It's, it's a gift to play in the NHL. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. Panarin threw his glove at Marshawn. <laughs> Very funny video. Brad Marshawn, you know, keeping his nose clean, his big old nose, keeping it clean lately. He's been playing good hockey. Bruins have been, you know, sputtering, but he's been producing points, much like the first line of Boston always does in the profession line. Perfection line. What happened? You're a Bruins insider, Tim. You know, you're very in, interwoven with that whole environment in Boston. Why, why, why? would Panarin throw his glove at Brad Marchand? Why would he do that? Well, I've been digging into this, and here's what we know. I mean, obviously, Marchand is someone who likes to get under the skin of his opponents. He's, he's an antics guy. He's a, he's a trash talker and one of the best in the league at that. And um, they asked him after the game what that was all about because you didn't really see much between those guys. It's not like they've been going at it all game, and then it just sort of, like, erupted into that little moment. It was just, like, seemingly out of nowhere, less than a minute left in the game, and Marshawn just kind of just smiled when he, went asked, when he was asked about it. And he said, we were just asking about how Thanksgiving was. He didn't like what I had for dinner. So, um, obviously. Probably kind, had kind ham. Tongue in cheek, yes. Um, and then Panarin was fined $5,000, which is the maximum allowable under the CBA for unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, and even, like, you, when you watch it again and you listen to the audio to the reporter, the woman's name, I forget it, but she turned her mic off as they do in those moments. That's, you know, that stays private, but she kind of said something along the lines of like, yeah, it's actually kind of serious something like that, or it wasn't funny or, or something to do with that. Um, and reportedly, and this has come out in the last couple of days that Marshawn made comments about Russia to Panarin references to Putin references to the fact that they don't like him over there. Now, take us back to early this year or last year when Panarin is one of the only guys in the league, the only Russians who actually spoke out against Putin. Um, like Ovechkin, for example, is very, very outspoken and pro, pro-Putin. So um, Panarin has spoken out against him, which is kind of a dangerous thing to do. The whole Russian thing is very scary to us. And um, if you remember, he had to actually take some time away, I think, last season um, – to like look after his family or something or to like deal with some PR issues regarding his statements on Instagram about Putin. So it's serious stuff. And if that's the case, then Marshawn maybe took that too far because he knows exactly what to say to get people riled up. And, and Panarin obviously didn't like that through the glove. It looked more like goofy, right? It looks silly, the glove throwing, but if there was more serious stuff behind it, I mean, do you think Marshawn went too far if that was the case? Uh I don't know. Like maybe, no, I don't think so. It's like, you have to have a little bit of a thick skin. I don't know what he said, but if he just commenting on Putin, maybe it's a sensitive, sensitive subject for Panarin, but I don't think that crosses a line talking about a president of a country that you used to live in. I think that's fair game. Like once you get into the family realm, I think that's maybe taking it too far, but 
political leanings, I think, you know, that that's still on the table, but yeah, Putin, that's, that's a wild stuff over there. That's the wild West. You get disappeared quick. If you go against the, uh, the regime over there. So if I'm Panera, that's real, man. Like if you come out and say you're anti Putin and all the stuff he's doing over there, like you got to protect your family. That's, that's, uh, you don't mess around with that. The Russia's and the China's of the world, you will be disappeared quickly. And you will not be heard from again. And if you are heard from again, you're you're very pro-Russia for whatever reason after that. There was that Chinese tennis player who came out against some top Chinese delegate. And now all of a sudden she's back and she's just like, oh, no, what I said, I was just pretending I was lying. No, China's great. China's great. It's like, oh, boy, what did they? That's not good. So what are you making that face for? No, it's just scary. It's, it's scary. scary. I know it's real. But going back to that instance what i what i kind of took from that it was a pretty good left-handed throw from panarin i didn't know he's a lefty <laughs> you catch that oh yeah it's a good throw right on the yeah, line it always surprises me when people are left-handed but he, good toss marshawn it's doing what he does it's a 5-2 game panarin had already scored a hat trick i believe but the game was over but eh, it's it's a rivalry i like that ryan reeves that's why he's there he needs the next game go up and have a chat with marshawn and jump him or something you know put a little fear into his in the back of his head marshawn needs to be jumped don't you think every once in a while who does boston have now that can protect marshawn they have nobody nobody trent frederick would be the closest thing yeah so reeves needs to go and jump him Uh, that's that's the classy thing to do you know panarin's your best player he he got you know insulted he obviously took it personal ryan reeves needs to rectify that situation and say you know what i'm going to take one for the team i'm going to take a suspension i'm going to jump brad marchand i know people aren't going to like that but that's what you do you protect the guy who butters your bread and panarin butters and no pun intended with the bread man but that is a pretty good analogy he butters everybody's bread in new york because he's the bread man panera bread and uh, reeves needs to take care of that situation but it was funny Everybody loves when Brad Marchand stirs the pot like that. It's it's always a good thing. Speaking of bread, if you ever need bread, you want a sandwich, you want this and that, go to DoorDash because they do everything. And they Panera, fire up Panera on the DoorDash app, get yourself a sub, get yourself some soup, get yourself some bread. It'll be there so fast your head will spin. You won't even have time to put the phone down. You're here, knock, ding, dong, DoorDash is here with your food already. It's insane how fast they are. It's insane how efficient they are. They're a well-oiled machine that gets you your food when you want it, how you want it, and they get it to you fast, baby. It's it's. Del- did you use DoorDash this weekend, Tim? I bet you did, you dirty dog, you. You know I did. Chinese food last night, baby. Oh, yeah, you did. Give me that sweet and sour chicken. I love it. Give me some extra, extra wontons. You should use it too. Go to DoorDash on your phone, on your app, on your tablet, wherever you wherever you use the internet. Go to DoorDash, enter promo code GLOVESDDUS. If you're in the United States, use promo code GLOVESDD. If you're in O Canada, get yourself a nice discount, 25% off. Get yourself free delivery the first time you use it. It's beautiful, only for our listeners. They have that deal. Nobody else in the whole world has that deal except for us because it's us and DoorDash, baby. It's us against the world. So go to DoorDash.com or their app, enter our promo codes, get yourself some deals, get yourself some good food. And have yourself a night because it is just so beautiful to have food delivered right to your door, Tim. It's it's so nice to be able to do that. You know what else is nice? Alex what? Ovechkin keeps scoring. The guy is defying, defying the odds. It's it's amazing what he's doing. Did he get another hat trick? Did he score 100 goals this weekend since we last talked? It's amazing. 
Yeah, I think he has five more goals since we last talked. So, all right. I've been wrestling with this for the last couple of days because obviously I made a bold prediction about Ovechkin at the start of the season, much like Tim and I do. Everybody does like bold predictions for the season. And I made a prediction that Ovechkin would not score or he would score 30 goals or less this season. Bold prediction. Obviously I'm being proven wrong to date. Well, how many has he got now? He's got 19 and 22 games. That's insane. Like that's, that's an incredible start. He's on pace for like 70 something goals. There's this. Okay. I'm not going to give it much time, but I have to address it because it's just, it's eating at me. There's this guy on Barstool, Nate. He's got a, Tim says he's got a good following. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. Decent following, dude. Yeah, he's one of the longest. He's been around Barstool for a while. He's a pretty solid personality there. And I don't follow Barstool. Nothing against Barstool. Um, I know Spit and Chicklets guys. I know, I know Paul Biz pretty well. I don't know Ray that well, but I have nothing. Ryan, Ryan. Ryan excuse me. I don't know him, but I, everything I hear from him is great. He's a good guy. They do what they do. They're the top dogs in the business. This guy, Nate, I've never met him in my life. Never talked to him. He keeps ripping me up and down on Twitter. And he just comes after me, calls me a moron. Call, can you read the tweets that he says to me about this stuff? Yeah. He's obsessed with you. Every time Ovi scores, he tweets at you or he'll tweet about you and not even tag you. But the worst was yesterday um, where, he, again, he posted that clip of you predicting from like two months ago. And he said, Ovechkin's done, dash John Scott in quotations. And then in parentheses, I hate giving this moron attention, but he owes the world an apology and everyone should know what a ridiculous idiot he is. <laughs> and then he... You think uh, that's funny else, too? <laughs> <laughs> he liked this. And then he said something like, when you when you make a dollar store chiclets and need to say anything for attention, but it backfires because now you have zero credibility at all. Oh. Which, okay, let's, let's just break this down. Point by point. We are a dollar store chiclets and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't want to be as big as chiclets is. That's, that's great. They're, they're the juggernaut. They are the amazon of hockey podcasts i'll be a dollar store chicklets that's fine i don't need to be on that level they have done amazing paul and ryan have done amazing things so good for them i don't strive to be that that's out of the way check that box what else he calls me a moron and an idiot i don't think i'm a moron or an idiot i think i'm very well versed i try to you know prepare for the podcast and he then he challenged my credibility okay you're doing bold predictions on Alex Ovechkin. Alex, Alex Ovechkin, based on history, uh, I did a little research before that podcast. Yager, one of the greatest scorers of all time, correct? He scored 54 goals at age 33. He scored 30 at 34. He never hit 30 goals again after 35, right? He would be a good comparison to Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Yager. I think both really good players. Gretzky, he scored 38 goals when he was 33. Never scored more than 25 again. I think he has the most goals of all time, right? Wayne Gretzky? Sure does. So he didn't score more than 25 after the age 33, right? That's right? correct. So I think when you're looking at comparisons, if I'm Alex, if I'm John Scott looking at Alex Ovechkin, I'm going to compare him to Yarmie Yager and Wayne Gretzky, the two arguably greatest goal scorers of all time. So that's what I'm looking at. So the, to challenge my credibility, when I actually am like looking at stats and be like, okay, this is a, this is a, a bold prediction, but there is some merit to it. I, I don't understand how he can just come up just because you're a Caps fan and just because you, you want to get fired up and just kind of come at me. I played in the league for 10 years. 
I did a little bit of research. I know what I'm talking about and I don't want to give this guy, I don't want to start a Twitter war with this guy. I don't want to do any of that stuff, but I have to address it because when you start challenging my credibility and you start calling me out on the Twitterverse so everyone can see, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. If he wants to you know, come at me, come on the show, we'll talk about it. We can have a nice debate. That's fantastic. I think the writing was on the wall. Washington's been beat out in the first round for the last few years. They've been in a funk ever since they won the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everybody's getting older. Backstrom was injured. Kuznetsov was coming back from an injury. No one knows how he was going to respond. Those are his two premier setup guys. Oh, she's been injured. I didn't know how Ovechkin was going to play this season. Obviously, he's defying the odds. But to say that I'm an idiot and a moron and I don't know what I'm talking about and my credibility's not there, this is a kid-friendly show, so I'm not going to go there. But it's like, take a hike, man. Take a hike. And I, and I, I, I watched that Goodwill hunting clip when he challenges that guy in a bar, who's like embarrassing Ben Affleck. And I'm like, if you, if you have an issue, we'll go talk outside. And so Nate, if you have an issue, we can go talk outside and we'll, we'll, we'll settle it. Don't come at me. I've never, this is the first time your name has come across my lips. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. And to just to insinuate that it's beneath you to even address me. Are you kidding me? Nate from Barstool? Is that your name? Nate from Barstool? No one knows who you are, Nate. Everyone knows who I am. You're Nate from Barstool. Let's just get that straight. Okay? And I, I, I know he'll probably cut this clip up and this and that and like roast me and it'll be all over Twitter and I won't respond because I don't care, but it drives me nuts. It drives me absolutely bonkers. I almost texted Biz last night. I'm like, what is this guy doing? But Biz doesn't know who he is. Biz has no time for this guy. This guy's just trying to rile up some stuff, bring up some clip I put out two months ago to get get him some clicks or create some Twitter war. That's what he wants to do. No time for that, man. I got no time for that. I'm trying to put out good content. But anyways, good for Ovechkin. I did do some due diligence. It's great what he's doing. I like Ovi. I had a good relationship with him when I played. I don't know if Nate had a good relationship with him when he played against him. Well, Nate didn't play against him because he's a nobody. All right. Any other, do you want to touch on this at all, Tim? It's just very funny to me as a, as an observer and of all the guys that you could potentially have beef with, which I, which I know you don't want and are not creating, but Nate is just like the funniest one. Cause he's just like, they call him a gremlin. He's just like a little man who's, who's already bald. He's like, he's like my age. And he's just like, he's nobody. He's just so funny. It's just, it's like, I don't know. There couldn't be a funnier person for you to be beefing with a barstool than Nate. I, do, I don't want to put anybody down. I don't care if he's bald or whatever he looks like. Don't attack my credibility and don't call me an idiot and moron. We're all trying to do good work here. You know what I mean? Like we're all trying to put out good content. We don't have to put each other down. Like I'm, I'm friends with Cam Jansen. We're, we're on friendly turns. I'm, friend, I'm friends with biz. We can all exist in the same space. No one needs to be the top dog. There's enough, you know, breadcrumbs for everybody. And for him to just go out and attack me over and over and over again. And I haven't responded once. It's like, buddy, move on. It was a bold prediction at the start of the season. Obviously, I'm going to throw something out there that that maybe is a little far-fetched. Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer of all time. I've said that over and over and over again. Like, just cool your jets, man. Or just come on the show and we'll talk. Or we'll go, we'll, we'll go outside and we'll have a chat. A la Matt Damon uh, to the ponytail guy in the bar. Like, yeah, how do you like me now? All right, moving on. Lemieux bit Kachuk. Let's, let's transit. That fires me up. That really bothers me. Working on my anger management, trying to improve myself. I don't need to be doing, fired up like this anymore, Tim. You're doing what great, happened, John. What happened to Matthew Kachuk 
and Brady Kachuk and Brendan Lemieux. Why is he biting people, Tim? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There was a little scrum, a little scuffle, and all of a sudden he bit Brady Kachuk's fingers twice, his hand twice. Um, and you can see him like react in the moment. He's showing the ref. He's showing he's drew blood. Like it's, he's obviously super upset. Um, and obviously, you know, deservedly so. And the statement after the game is pretty funny. I'm going to read that. It's a little long, but <clears throat> he said, this is Brady speaking right after the game. So emotions are still running high. He's fuming. He's speaking to the press. So this is the one time I'm going to answer this. It was the most gutless thing someone could ever do. This guy, you can ask any one of his teammates. Nobody wants to play with him. This guy is a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. The guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. This guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to keep begging to be in the NHL, but no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. I can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even do this. He's just a bad guy. It's outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player, but what a joke he is. Tell me how you really feel. Brady. Wow. Holy bananas. That's a quote and a half. That, you got to unpack that bad boy. That, that's like, that's a roasting. That's like a, a comedy central roast of Lemieux. If I've ever seen one, like he, he really nailed, I don't know. What do you think? What is, is this spot on by Kachuk? Well, I love that he responded. I love that he spoke his mind. I love that he didn't really hold back. And um, yeah, part of it's heat of the moment. Part of it's like, okay, you know, he must've heard a thing or two about Lemieux. People don't just say this kind of thing out of nowhere. Um, I don't know much about Lemieux. I'm sure not of all of it's true. In fact, Jonathan Quick spoke out last night and said, uh, something along the lines of like, I'd rather have Lemieux on my team than Kachuk. None of those things Ooh. are true. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, this is, that's just a rubbish thing to say. It's not how we feel at all about him. He stands up for his teammates and blah, blah, blah. So quicks already responded. So I don't think it's, it's all there, but I don't know for him to say something like that. He's obviously heard something about Lemieux, right? He wouldn't just say that out of nowhere. Um, you just assume, I guess I doubt he's heard it. I don't know. You just assume he's, he's fired up. You know, he doesn't, he got bit, he guy, guy bit him in the hand. It's a very strange thing to do twice, it's a, twice. It's a very, I, I think Lemieux is in a very, uh, he's an effective player. I like Lemieux. I think he goes out and he does his job. He doesn't try to reinvent the wheel. He's, he's a hard hitting, hard playing. I would have him on my team. I really, really would. He's a poor man's Brady Kachuk. That's what he is. Brady's got better hands, more offensively gifted. And he just does everything a little bit more. But Brendan Lemieux plays plays hard. He goes to the dirty spots. He gets in your face. He's in every scrum. He puts up decent points. He's played in almost 200 games. He's got 50 points. So, you know, it's not bad. Every four games thrown in a point. It's good for a fourth-line guy. So to say that he doesn't belong in the NHL, I think that's a little bit much. But this is going to be great. I, I don't know when they play again. But they don't play again this season, unfortunately. <sighs> That'd be a fight, boy. Like those are two tough hombres. Like I, I like Brendan Lemieux. I remember when we I, I was playing in the AHL and his dad tried to make a comeback, Claude Lemieux. His uncle. His uncle. His uncle. He, I, I've never seen a bigger head on a human being in my life than Claude Lemieux. It was unbelievable <laughs> how massive his head was. We just teased him. We're like, how do you find a helmet that fits your head and then you still have to squeeze into it? It was amazing. And I have a big head and this guy made my head look like a Tic Tac. I was like, this is crazy. Claude Lemieux, your, your melon's massive, but yes, you don't bite anybody. 
don't do it. It doesn't make sense. I get you're fired up, but if you're, when is the last time you, I don't know, you've probably never been in that situation, Tim, but I've been in a few scuffles and like this and that I've never once thought I'm going to bite this guy. I'm going to really send a message and bite this guy. The worst thing I've done, I'll tell you this in college. I, um, not one of my finer moments, but I got into a scuffle after a hockey game. I went to a frat house. I overserved, got into argument with some frat guy. You know, I said, let's take it out back and figure it out. And so we took it out back. I was wearing my dress shoes, no traction. It was snowing. I slipped. He jumps on top of me. He's just going to town. My gosh, I, I couldn't get out because I was on, I was, you know, full mount. I was like, what do I do? I reached down, grabbed his cherries and just gave him a good squeeze. <laughs> and it just turned the tide. And that was the worst thing I've ever done. But not once did I ever feel like I'm going to try to bite this guy. It just, uh, it just doesn't even occur to me, but I did grab some cherries. Um, what, if, what if someone had bitten you in a fight? How would you respond? I think it would fire me up even more to like really inflict damage. I never really got fired up in a, in a fight, but that would, that would really irk me. That's it. Just there's lines that you don't cross. I think that's one of them. So keep my hand, especially during COVID area. You just, ew germs. <laughs> Gross. So how many games does he get? How many games? Well, he he's got an in-person zoom hearing, I think tonight or tonight or tomorrow, which means that it can be more than five games. Um, which means that it likely will be. And again, he can appeal it. But I think he probably gets, I don't know. I mean, what did Burroughs bid him? Uh, what is Bergeron in the playoffs? But that was in the Stanley Cup finals. I don't even know if he got suspended for that. No, I, think I don't he think gets he five got games. But how many do you think he gets? Five. Although five. the Burroughs one, that was over, that was through the glove. This was directly mouth to hand contact. So I don't know. Different. I honestly don't know. There's no precedent. So we'll see what happens. I give him five. I don't, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. All right. Let's, let's uh, keep this train moving, Tim. We still got lots to, lots to go. Montreal Canadiens. Finally, 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 finally. It's been years in the making. Bergevin has been fired, which is, there was a lot of strange stuff going on in Montreal before this happened. Scott Mellonby, longtime assistant GM, abruptly leaves the team out of absolutely nowhere. No reason, no you know, interview, no this or that, just leaves the team. So there, there was that issue going on. And then not soon after, Mark Bergeron was fired. Jeff Gordon's going to take over as um, the GM. He was a GM with the Rangers. So I feel like he'll fill that role internally. They won't go elsewhere because he, he was a pretty good GM with his time with the Rangers. Montreal 6-15-2. and two. They're a terrible hockey team this year. They have shown no signs of improvement. They've just been getting worse and worse and worse every single game. This was bound to happen. Um, he struck lightning in a bottle last year. They made the Stanley Cup finals. That was just an aberration. The, the, this team, there's no sense of direction. There's no sense of what's going on, which is strange because I, I thought they were going to be great this year. So everything has gone wrong for Montreal this year. Nothing has worked. They need to change things up. Does this change anything for Montreal? Is this going to change the trajectory of this team this year or in years forward, Tim? Um, well, I don't know if it changed anything this year. I mean, it's not like he's the one like organizing the systems or getting the players going. We're not going to see like, not like when, you know, college got fired in Chicago, all of a sudden they start winning. It's just not how it works with GMs. I don't think, but, um, I'd be curious to know like what Gordon does. Does he make any personnel moves? Does he make a trade to start making this his team? Does he even have the, the reins to do that? Or is it just like sort of a, a placeholder for now. Is he a figurehead until he either gets the role full time? Because I think he's just an interim, like EVP. I don't think he's officially the GM yet. So um, it'll be 
interesting to see how this plays out. But Montreal, like, they're still seventh in the Atlantic. They're not looking – there's no chance they make a playoff. I don't care what they do the rest of the way. No, they have to pretty much play flawless hockey, go seven – like 750 the rest of the way in order to even sniff the playoffs. I think that ship has sailed, but um, I think if he wants to make a move, he has to kind of okay it by the owner, but you know, there are moves to be made. They have some good pieces, Montreal. They really do. When you look at their contracts, when you look at their cap situation, they have some pieces that could be dealt, but they also have some other pieces that are not like Brendan Gallagher is not going anywhere. Josh Anderson at one time, five and a half million looked good for him. Not so good anymore, which is, which is because I thought he was going to really turn out to be a really good player. You know, five and a half million. You want that guy to score 70, 80 points, maybe a year. He he's got 13 and 23 dash 10, you know, that it's not a good look last year. He he's 24 and 52, he, you know, you want him to be better than a point every other game guy. So they do have a lot of high contracts. We'll see if they can make things work. Maybe eat some contract. You need to, see some fresh faces in there. Cause I think when you look at Montreal, it's just like, it's the same old thing over and over again. It's like, yes. Okay. We got Gallagher. We got Duran. We got, we got these guys. I mean, I guess they have had a lot of turnover. Who, who am I saying? They, they have had a lot of forwards in and out of that place, but nothing has really worked. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't really know. I, I don't see them making any moves. It, it is what it is. They had to get rid of Bergevin. He's been there for way too long. He's had such a long rope with Montreal. He's, he's revamped that team two or three times already and nothing has really worked. So hopefully they get it going Montreal when they're good, it's good for the NHL. So hopefully they'll figure it out. Canada it, it, as a whole needs to figure out what's going on. Like there's a couple good teams, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto are doing well. Winnipeg, the, you know, hit or miss Vancouver. Ooh boy, Ottawa, you know, we've seen better days. So let's go Canada. Like let's let Montreal. Let's go. Come on. All right. Let's do some quick, quick hits. <clears throat> who, if I were to ask you, who is the all-time leader in block shots, Tim? Who would you say? Uh, geez, uh, I don't even know who I would have guessed until I saw the headline this weekend. So you who do know you who thought? it is? Oh, I do. Craig Ludwig or Darian Hatcher or Darian like Hatcher. Yeah. yeah, it's like someone like that who had like two feet wide shin pads. It's Chris Russell. Unbelievable! I didn't even realize he was still playing. All he does is block shots. Good for him. He's the all-time leader in block shots. Is that? Does that merit talking about him anymore? Or is this is this it? Congratulations, well, Chris. Congratulations, him. I think you talk about toughness. It doesn't really get much tougher than that, right? I mean, you got eight pucks every single shift. I think he had like four the night that he broke the record. It's just it's pretty cool. It's a skill to get in front of the lane and to really, you know, block shots. So I, I play with Nicholas Jalmerson. He was he was very good at it. And not a lot of guys like to do it. I don't like to do it take them off the top of the skate, take them off. You know, there's a lot of tender spots in your body and boy, oh boy, if you get a, a stinger, it, it hurts. It hurts for weeks. So it takes the, a lot to get in front of that puck. The first time I ever played in a men's league, I didn't really know like the rules, right? Like you don't dump and chase, you don't block shots, that kind of thing. And I was just jumping in front of every shot and guys were telling me like the other team was like pissed at me. Like, dude, like, relax, calm down. And I was like, all right, sorry. I learned. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's uh it's a no-no in men's league. I got to tell you a story about men's league. Quick, nah, I won't get into it, but I was in someone's kitchen last night. Again? In, in, again. This guy on the other team, number 20, don't even know his name. I just don't like him. He's got one of those... a young kid again? Huh? Was it a young kid, like a college he, kid? He was older. I don't know. Nobody likes him. He's a loser. Complete loser. His own team doesn't like him. And so I make just casual comments. Like, he goes offside a lot. I'm like, stop going offside, 20. You suck. 
you know, and I'm just little comments like that. And so it's the third period. We're up. They're the best team in the league. We're winning, I think, four to two, and we're about to do a faceoff in our defensive zone. I look over at the bench. He's choke slamming one of his teammates into the bench. Like he's just completely lost his marbles. And I, I'm loving every minute of it. Like there's a full on fight on the bench. And I'm just like, this is incredible. I, I bet what happened was he came back to the bench and was like, Scott keeps chirping me. And his line mate was like, yeah, you're, you suck, man. Like he's right. You're not a good hockey player. And he just lost his marbles. It was un, it's two games in a row where I've, where I've caused guys to just absolutely lose it. And I am, I love every minute of it. Then he comes on the ice. He's like, I must, be, I must be in your kitchen. Cause you can't stop talking about me. I'm like, buddy, you just choke slammed your teammate. On the bench, I saw you. Who's in whose kitchen? Like, it's me. I'm making an omelet. It's going to be delicious. So it's just amazing, like, the fact that he just lost it so much. Then we beat the best team in the league. It was great. It felt good. Uh, a guy on our team now, Nick Bittinger, used to play on their team. They kicked him off the team because they're that serious about hockey. Like, they really want to win. And we, we, we grabbed him because he's a great guy, good at hockey. He scored last night. It was all good. But it, it was a master class in defense. I have a partner. Simon played semi-pro, played for the Marlies for a little bit, played overseas. Good player, like really good player. Me and him go out there. We just shut them down. It's so fun. We go D to D. It's just, it's nice when you can play, you know, nowadays. I know you don't want to talk about it. It's nice when you can throw a pass to somebody and they catch it. And it's like, nice. Like you're, you, you know what's going on. So we won again. We got a nice four or five game winning streak going on. And I'm just in everybody's kitchen and it's fantastic. Like I thought he was going to be waiting in the parking lot to shoot me in the face. That's, that's how upset he was. Like we didn't leave the rink till later on. Cause we, you know, we having a couple celebrational pops. I'm like, man, this guy might be waiting for me. And luckily he wasn't because I, I would be dead right now. But anyways, it was a good game. Good game. I got to catch a game. I want to see. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, but I'll, I'll keep telling you about it. I'll keep telling. All right. Uh, Matt, Murray, Matt Murray put on waivers, cleared waivers, thoughts, anything. Uh, just surprised. I mean, not surprised based on his performance, but this is certainly not what they were hoping when they signed him. So disappointing. He just hasn't really been the same guy and the same goaltender. So hopefully he clears, you know, cleans his game up and is able to find his way back to the NHL. But obviously, it wasn't working out in Ottawa. Bigger fall from Grace ever after a two-time Stanley Cup champion. It's up there. That's really. It's just, and even that came out of nowhere too. Like he was a nobody, and then he went on the stretch and won these cups, and then now he's a nobody again. Yeah, very, very um, swift fall from grace for Matt Murray. Hopefully he figures it out. Um, Islanders, Rangers, COVID, postpone, who cares? All right, Olympic jerseys. Did you see them? Canada released theirs. The United States released theirs. What are your thoughts on both jerseys? I hated the U.S. jerseys. They look like soccer jerseys. They're, they're awful. I really like Canada's, though. They were, they were controversial. People didn't love them. I think they're really clean. I really like them. I, I, I totally agree. I think Canada's are great. I think the, the, the leaf is a little bit muddled. I think they could have been a little more sharp. I like the sharp points on the leaf a little bit better, but it was great. I think um, look at the Olympic jerseys from Vancouver that they wore. I thought those were the best jerseys that Canada's ever wore. They're really sharp. These are very similar to those. The USA, how do you miss this? How do you mess up so bad? They're really bad. Like they're really, really bad. I don't understand what's happening. Like they really just missed the mark. You, it, whatever. All right. Bruins have the fewest high danger chances in the league, Tim. Worst in Arizona. Cause for concern in Boston. Yeah. I actually, I was watching the game last night in Vancouver, which they had to do a comeback in order to beat, which was frustrating. But they threw that graphic up on the screen. And I think I gasped. I was like, holy crap. 
This is this is not good. They are the worst team in the league with high danger scoring chances. Worse than the Arizona Coyotes. Worse than the Kraken. Worse than the Canucks. Worse than Ottawa. Um, Keep naming teams because yeah, you're the worst in the league. You can name every team. <laughs> I know everybody. <laughs> I was like, if I say one more, John's going to say something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely a cause for concern. They're not missing anybody. Nobody's hurt. Did David Krejci mean this much to this team, or are they just bad? Like, what is going on with the second, third, and fourth line? Like, it's it's glaring where the problem is. Their first line is lights out. They win them every game. When they win, when you look at the box score, they win three to one. That line has scored two goals, maybe three. What is going on? You're you're a Boston guy. I've said it already this show. Insider to the max. What need? Like, are they going to not make the playoffs? I mean, Marshawn willed them to victory last night with his just – it was incredible watching him impact the game. Um Definitely cause for concern. I mean, Jake DeBrusque and Eric Hall were two guys that we were hoping it would be like second, third line guys stepping up that secondary scoring. They were both healthy scratches last night. They watched from the press box. So <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it's definitely cause for concern. I think the division will help them. I, I can see them. They're still going to beat the Red Wings. They're going to get that fourth spot. Um, are they going to beat a Toronto or a Florida in the first round? Probably not. Probably oh, man, not. if they play Toronto first round, <laughs> the demons are out. What does uh, Jim Carrey say? Testify the demons. I can't remember what he says, but exercise the demon. That's what it is. Oh, boy, that would be an epic first rounder if they beat Toronto somehow. They, they, I don't know. They need to figure it out. They really do. Detroit is getting better as the season goes on. Boston seems to be trending in the wrong direction. That's, that's well, very alarming. Well, they're still six and four in their last 10. It's not horrible. And they only a point behind Detroit. Detroit has four games in hand. So I know. It's like, but if you're trending in the wrong direction. They're not. Yes, they are. They're six they're and four. Getting, they're not getting better. Yes, I know they're six and four, but you're not seeing what I'm saying. They're six and four. They're 11, seven and zero right now. So they were five and two at one point. They were really, you know, on fire. And they've gone six and four. So they're not playing that good of hockey that they started the season at. They need some help. They need some secondary scoring. That's what I mean. They're trending in the wrong. If a team could figure out how to shut down that perfection line, Boston is toast. So the experiment of Taylor Hall, Craig Smith, and whoever they throw in the middle there, it's not working. I don't know. If I'm the Bruins, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm more than nervous. I am, I am actively trying to figure this out because goodness gracious, not good. Not good in Boston. All right, a couple more. Um, Ottawa, worst record in the league, worse than the Coyotes. Are they the worst team in the league, Ottawa Senators? Uh, they're up there. They're up there. It nice. means right now they are. It's kind of good insight, Tim. Good insight. All right. <laughs> Who are we going to bet on tonight, Tim? You're, you're going to make some people some money. How are we going to do it? I'm, I have now won three in a row, and I said don't let me get hot because oh, gosh. look out. So uh, I'm on a streak. Yeah. Uh, I'm betting on the under tonight in Pittsburgh and Calgary under 5.5 total goals. Oh. I think that's a safe bet. What do you think? Never like the under, never like the under. Uh, but I just don't. Why I the got under? burned on the over. I got burned on the over last week. Nate's going to rip you up. If you miss this one, <laughs> you better be careful. He's going to come, come at me, Nate. Come at me, Nate. You better be upset. All right. So, Hammer the under five and a half Calgary versus Pittsburgh. Isn't Calgary score a lot of goals? Just let it happen, John. Don't, don't overanalyze it. I'm just wondering. Cause if you have a team in Calgary, that's 
pretty decent offensively. Why would you in Pittsburgh? Are they good defensively? Calgary is good defensively. We know that. Yeah, we know they're like Pittsburgh is going to get one, but I feel like Calgary might throw five on the board versus Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, I think Calgary could win four to one. I don't want to poke holes in your argument, but I guess Pittsburgh's pretty good defensively too. All right, good picks, Tim. We'll see how it is. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday. We've got a couple of interviews lined up maybe this week, right? We sure do. Yeah, we'll figure those out. (sighs) Very exciting. All right, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend, good holiday weekend, had some turkey, because I know I didn't. I know I sure didn't. I'm still feeling the, the effects of that. We will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.